You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. This is Michaela Estruth, and I'm here with Robert Janetsky. He's an author of a new book, Is There Evidence for God? Hi, Robert. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing great, Michaela. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. So I wanted to start off just hearing a little bit about yourself and who you are, and then maybe a little bit about your book. Okay, well, I'm an economist. I've uh, spent over half a century as an economist researching economic issues, uh, very complex economic issues, going back into history, uh, looking at evidence for how the economy operates. I've written five books over that period of time, all on what I call classical economic principles. These are the principles that stem from over two centuries ago when economists first wrote about the importance of free markets and economic freedom in promoting economic prosperity. So that's what I've done. uh, I do have a Ph.D. in economics from way back when at New York University, and I've taught economics at both uh, both New York University and the University of Chicago's Graduate School of Business. So I've got quite an extensive background, both uh, in business and in the academic area. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Okay, so your new book, Is There Evidence for God? An Economist Searches for Answers. Um, I was reading the introduction and like falling in love with your story of just kind of how that idea came up and why you started uh, searching for this. So can you share with the audience a little bit about that? Well, yeah. Um, you know, I, I had always, uh, I was always a believer in God, although I have to say I wasn't a strong believer, because the main reason I believed was because of what other people had told me, mm. including my mom. They all said, you know, God exists, and I kind of accepted that. I never really knew a whole lot about religion, including my own I was raised as a Catholic, you know, going to church, but I never really understood much of it. And I always wanted to look into religion and God and, you know, which religion might be preferable to another or what they all believed. But like so many people, I never got around to it. It was always something that was on the back burner. You know, I'll do it someday. Well, about, I think it was about 13 years ago, uh, I was talking to my mom. Mm. She was 90 years old at the time. She was three years away from dying. Mm-hmm. And she had been a churchgoer all her life. And she read the Bible and things like that. And she looked at me and she said, you know, I don't really believe that God is real. And I don't believe that there's anything after we die. And I was stunned. I I was so shocked. I said, you know, Mom, most people do the opposite of what you're doing. As they grow older and they get closer to death, they start becoming a little more religious because they want to kind of protect themselves in case there really is a God. They they want to get on his good side. I said, you're doing the exact opposite. But my answer, and I couldn't come up and tell her, you know, no, 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 there is God. You should be looking forward to it because all of my knowledge about God had simply been because other people had told me. And that, from a, a researcher's standpoint, you know, you, you don't believe something just because other people tell you it's true. Uh, you should look into it yourself. You should analyze it. You should look at the evidence. 
And so I think that that was probably the, the, the factor that finally got me turning to getting into this question of God, religion. Is there really a God? Is he real? What is the evidence? Is there anything out there that we can point to other than saying, no, you just have to have faith? So that was the, that was the thing that uh, I think really got me going. Uh, it, it was a long battle. Uh, I started, you know, trying to figure out how the heck do you research something as strange as looking for God and for evidence of God. Uh, and I think that was the beginning, anyway, of that discussion with my mom. I knew I had to do it. I had no idea how long it would take me. It took me more than a decade wow. to go into all of these issues. So uh, the, the book was a very long time in coming. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. So that question that you were just raising at the end, how do you even start this? How do you approach this? Would you mind sharing how you did? I mean, obviously, it's been a decade. Um, but like, how did you dive in and looking just at your table of contents, the way that you've arranged all of the information and research and study that you've done? Like, how did you approach that? Yeah, the well, that was the first challenge, and it really took me quite a while. And even even before I started organizing it, I started to think of the implications. Mm. I said, "Oh my gosh, you know, do I really want to do this? What happens? Like, for example, what what happens if I find that everything I've been told um, was a lie? What right. if there is no evidence for God? You know, would I be willing to accept that conclusion?" What if it turns out that uh, Islam or Hinduism or Buddhism happens to be the, the way to go to find God? Um, you know, do I really want to accept that? What are the implications? You know, when, when we have thoughts about God, we always want to look at um, the people we know. Uh, what if all of a sudden my friends and family are in a different place than I am with what I try. Anyway, there were so many implications uh, for what could happen. And one thing that I decided, and I've always done this as a researcher, is I decided my, ev my examination had to be um, unbiased. Mm. I had to be willing to accept whatever conclusions I was going to come to as a result of the evidence. And that took me a long time to digest and see if I really wanted to do such a thing. So then it became a question of, well, you know, how do you approach this issue? And I said, well, I'll do it the same way I did economic issues. The first thing I want to know is I want to find out all those people who say God doesn't exist. What are their arguments? How strong are they? What sort of evidence do they have? Because I want to understand uh, both sides of an issue. So that's how I began. I began looking at the atheist view. Right. And when I started looking at what the atheist, I started reading books of atheists and what they believed and how they thought. And the more I got into the atheism, the more I realized the scope of what this was going to be, because the atheist can be very persuasive mm. in telling people there is no God and most of all, the most important argument, there is no evidence for God. And the more I went through that, the more I realized, oh, these people who don't believe in God 
have done a heck of a lot of research. They've gone into the holy books, the Bible, the uh, Koran. They've gone into science. They've gone into history. They've looked back at archaeological evidence. I mean, these guys have done a lot of work. And I wasn't capable, I knew at that point, given my knowledge of religion, to really evaluate what they said about an awful lot of things. So what I did is I evaluated what I thought was the reasonableness of their arguments and came to the conclusion that um, they're totally unreasonable people. Mm-hmm. And the reason they're unreasonable, at least from the standpoint that I could figure, is that when they said there's no evidence for God, they weren't really looking for evidence for God. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is evidence for every argument, every issue that we we come across. The real question we have to look at is, is the evidence strong or weak for any particular issue? And the more I read the, the atheists, the more I said that they didn't even want any evidence. As a matter of fact, they said they couldn't conceive of any evidence. And so they just assumed that God didn't exist. Mm. And I thought that that was really a, a foolish start. Uh, yeah. There is always evidence. What they should have done is they should have looked at the evidence and looked at both sides and explained why they didn't think it was very strong. But they never even did that. Mm-hmm. They uh, they said that there is simply no way we can conceive of any evidence and therefore no evidence exists, mm-hmm. which I thought was a non-starter. So anyway, that was the first thing I did. Next thing I did is I looked at, um, is there any evidence for life after death? And interestingly, there's a great deal of evidence. There's a great deal that's been written, and I talk about that. I talk about people who have experienced what they say is life after death or heaven or however you do it. I looked at the literature from that, and there's an extensive literature, which is absolutely fascinating. And I just give the highlights of it. Uh, in the next section of my book. Mm-hmm. After that, I look at religions of the world, and I, I, I really categorize religions into two basic groups. There are those religions that are uh, basically find God by looking inward mm-hmm. at God, and that's Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, the New Age religions that we talk about. And that's one group of religions. And the second group are those religions that assume that God or one of God's representatives came and told them all about God. And that, of course, is Judaism, uh, Christianity, and Islam. So I divide the religions of the world, and it's a very brief chapter, because I claim that when the religions of the world, if you're going to look inward to find out all the answers for yourself— And if you can find the answers that way, that's awesome. That's wonderful. However, uh, that doesn't tell me anything about God. Because when you ask the people who, uh, or when you look at the people who have said they have found God that way, they're not consistent, even in in telling us that there is a God, no less any of the characteristics about Him. So then I go into the Bible, I go into the Koran, and I look for any evidence in those areas. And uh, that's an extensive area that I, I go into. Uh, after I've gone into that, and uh, I then go into the last part of the book, which is any evidence since biblical times mm. that may provide uh, guidance both to God and what He is like. Mm. 
And then I finally finished the book with uh, just some uh, conclusions about some personal conclusions about what uh, what has happened to me and how this whole journey has transformed my life. Yes. Wow. Thank you. That that is very clear. That's really I really enjoy uh, listening to that and hearing how you approached that. If you're just tuning in now, you're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. This is Michaela Estruth, and I'm interviewing Robert Janetsky. He's an author of a new book, Is There Evidence for God? An Economist Searches for Answers. So Mr. Janetsky was just telling us about the outline of his book, how he approached his research. So Mr. Janetsky, I wanted to just dive in specifically to what you were just talking about with those other religions. And then you said that now you've started looking, or in part four of your book, you were looking at kind of modern day and, or or post-biblical times. Can you describe a little bit of what you found there? Maybe as an economist, did you did you study anything or find any research of after um, Christ on this earth in the first century? Was there a change? Did you find anything along those lines? Well, yes. Uh, there's a great deal of... <clears throat> uh, and again, I, it's, it's interesting because Someone, some people have said, uh, you know, well, you didn't prove any of this. And I said, mm. well, no, it's not a question of proving things. It's a question of, is there evidence, and how strong or weak is the evidence? Mm. And I'm used from all the work I've done in economics that everyone has comes to all issues from their own position, from their own contextual position, mm. their history, what they were taught, and everything else. And people will come to different conclusions about whether evidence is strong or weak. Mm. And let me just give you a couple of examples of the evidence that I found. And then what I do in each case is I try and evaluate the strength or weakness, at least from my perspective. But I then try and leave it up to the reader to you, you judge, Mm. you know, for yourself. Here, I'm Presenting the basics of it, if you want to go into it in more detail, you can do that. One of the things, for example, there is uh, the Shroud of Turin, which is, uh, some people believe, the burial cloth of Jesus. Mm. And I uh, have found and been fascinated by the fact that for the, it's been over half a century that scientists have been examining that shroud. Mm. Talking about where it came from, talking about the um, the journeys it may have taken, given some of the historical information about where it was, um, dating techniques that have most recently dated it right back to the time of Jesus. Mm. And then they've a- analyzed the shroud, and the fascinating thing is that the shroud has all the indications that the biblical account of how Jesus was crucified uh, were there present in the shroud with different scientists from different fields covering different aspects of it, uh, covering the pollen stains, covering the uh, the marks from the crucifixion, covering the blood stains, all sorts of things like that. Um, and many scientists, as I said, have uh, contributed an awful lot of time and effort to examining this. Uh, it, it tells us uh, fascinating things in detail. Again, details that were all listed in the Bible. To me, this is evidence. Mm. 
Right. Now, to some people, uh, it might not be strong evidence, but uh, uh, certainly to all the scientists who spent and donated all their time and effort, it was. Yeah. I, I go through a number of other cases, um, evidence since biblical times. One is uh, from the 1600s, the uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Mm. Uh, actually went down to Mexico to take a look at this uh, thing. And, and what happened here is that a peasant um, uh, said that the um, Jesus' mother, Mary, appeared to him and wanted a church built on a certain site. And, of course, no one paid attention right. to the peasant because the local bishop said, you know, we need some proof. And eventually, uh, he, the, the Virgin Mary appeared again and said, here, uh, put all these flowers in your cloak uh, and bring them to the bishop, and you'll have the proof. And when he brought them to the bishop and opened up his cloak, and instead of flowers falling out, there is a picture of Mary. And the picture was not just a picture that the bishop and everyone there recognized as Mary. But it was also a pictograph of uh, that appeared to all the Aztec Indians mm. that turned them away from their religion. It had all sort of symbols, symbolic things in it. And the miraculous thing about this cloak is that the cloak was made out of a cactus that should have deteriorated in 10 years. Mm. And here, half a century later, uh, it remains the way it was. And again, just as scientists have explored the Shroud of Turin, uh, scientists have spent and donated many times in efforts analyzing different aspects of this, um, this picture of the Virgin Mary. And there are fascinating things about it. We don't have time to go into all of them. But one unique thing is that the eyes of this picture, when examined by ophthalmologists, have all the characteristics of what we now know uh, are present in the eyes, all the scientific characteristics. Wow. Uh, and, and that is that uh, um, the, the eyes, and again, the eyes are a tiny, tiny thing, but the ophthalmologists have gone into the eyes and they've seen characteristics that were not known for 200 years after the, the, uh, the image was formed. Uh, they're fascinated by it. And that's just one of many things. The Indians at the time looked at the shroud, um, I'm sorry, looked at the uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe and recognized in it that the true God was not their pagan God that they had been worshiping mm. and offering sacrifices to. Rather, the true God was the God of the, uh, the, God of the Spanish soldiers. And there was a huge conversion to Christianity as a result of the Indians looking at that image and understanding that the true God was the God of Christ. So um, that was another piece of evidence. I go through a number of other things that have occurred much more recently and uh, talk about them as well. But I'm not sure how much time we have to go into all of those. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, thank you for that. I was wondering, you mentioned that you went to Mexico for that. Did you go anywhere else during your research, uh, like outside of this country, to 
you know, just, no, no, okay. uh, no. I, I, I plan to. There's so many other things I want to do yeah. as a result of what I found in the book uh, or what I found in the research. But uh, nope, there, there, there are so many places where yeah. things have occurred. Um, I, I, you know, it, it's just amazing, and I'd love to go to all of them. So it, it's like an unending quest. Uh, a matter of fact, I, I often thought that, gosh, I never want to finish this book. I just want to keep looking, <laughs> looking for more, for more evidence because it's all over the place. But I decided finally, you know, I'm just going to get out what I have, uh, put it out there, and then uh, continue whatever the examination I can on my own. And I would love to go to you know, all of these places that I've read about and all of the places that I still don't know about that have additional evidence. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I found that in your introduction as I was reading it, that it seemed like this was a quest that never ended. And I, I really liked uh, your mm-hmm. approach to that. Well, we, we don't have much time, but is there anything else you'd like to share about your book that my questions haven't addressed? No, only that... Uh, I when I read you know when I wrote the book one of the things you want to do is find out who your audience is and I I thought my my audience here is not primarily for people who already have a very strong commitment to God and faith although I think the book has the potential of increasing their faith but I I think I wrote it mainly for what I see is an awful lot of people who simply really don't have a belief in God, or don't have a very strong belief in God. Because yeah. if you don't have a strong belief in God, you're not going to spend a whole lot of time and effort, I don't think, in your life trying to get closer to Him, trying to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, I think if there's anyone that that you know that's in that category, I believe that the book can help to at least awaken them to mm-hmm. the fact that there is evidence for God, and it's something that they might want to look into to a much deeper extent. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That was Dr. Robert Janetsky sharing uh, his new book, Is There Evidence for God? An Economist Searches for Answers. And you're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. This is Michaela Estrue. Thank you so much.